0: This podcast is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky stuff. You know, any film that we talk about here, we recommend you see in advance. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an
1: excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got right on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Horror. Alive. <laughs> it's alive. Groovy. Hello everyone and welcome to another brand new episode of Oh The Horror. It's a horror movie podcast where we talk about classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the newcomer Steve Allman. And I'm the expert Rob Holmes. And today we are looking at Sam Raimi's inaugural classic The Evil Dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is. Oh man, this movie um, sucks. What? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Oh my god! Could you imagine?
1: Come on, (laughs) dude. (laughs) Could you imagine? Oh man, this would have been a very contemptuous episode.
0: (laughs) You know, guys, you could have seen the breakup of the podcast happen literally right at that moment because (laughs)
1: you'd be like, "And thank you for listening to the final episode of."
0: (laughs) Um. Yeah. Man, here's, here's the thing about I. I think this is, uh, there's a lot of people who whose introduction, my introduction to the Evil Dead franchise was done through Evil Dead 2, um, yeah, and it was, I, you know, I, I loved, th- actually it was Evil Dead 2 through the idea of what Evil Dead was, because I, I tried to rent it from Blockbuster for the longest time, this was back in the day, so it shows my age, And, um, yeah, yeah, it it was great. And you could try and reserve movies, and they would check through their computer catalog and whatever. Um, and it was really hard to find, uh, Evil Dead 2. Like, it was the hardest one to find, and I knew so much kind of going into it that they were like, hey, you have Evil Dead. So I actually did see Evil Dead first before Evil Dead 2, and I remember having lofty expectations of what I expected going into it from my idea of what Evil Dead 2 was. Not having seen Evil Dead 2. Having seen, actually, I think, Army of Darkness, probably, first. I think that was probably my main foray into it. Um, So it kind of threw me for a loop the first time I saw the first Evil Dead. And... I, I remember liking it, but but being kind of, this this isn't what I was expecting, and being thrown off from it, and then finally seeing Evil Dead 2 and being like, alright, cool, now I get where we're going here, and then revisiting Evil Dead, and wow, man, it, it hit me even harder.
1: It's, it's a fascinating type of little thing, because I, so I, my introduction to Evil Dead was first Evil Dead 2, then Army of Darkness, and... Had I never even known about the first Evil Dead, if this didn't even have, like, a different name to it, I might not have even explored this movie. Which is crazy to think about it, because I think to a layman who has seen Evil Dead 2 first and then now seen Evil Dead 1, you might think, oh, Sam Raimi just made Evil Dead again, but he did it better in 2. Which is, again, I would not agree with that assessment, but it could easily be seen how that could be... Because he, like... Sam Raimi's very much a indie auteur director that's his growth can easily be tracked through the Evil Dead franchise. Uh and because because he has very humble beginnings in this very first one and from what we know of Evil Dead 2 and what we've seen it's very much a step up in quality and ambition and
0: it's a, dude it's a step up in I mean when when you have a budget that Is, you know, two, I think 2.2 million or something for the second or 2.3. And then the first film, I think when all was said and done, well, when all was said and done, it was around 300 to 400,000. But we're talking about, we're talking about over the course of about four years because pre production, I think, began in 77. They didn't even get behind the camera until 79. This didn't release until 81. So, each each part was a, and and that's why the quality of this film for being as good as it is you know you have Peter Jackson and Bad Taste right you watch that and you're like ooh, the quality it's a little rough at times but Evil Dead man for some something about Evil Dead just stays even though there's some there's some cheesy moments uh with some of the the effects or the paper mache um the paper mache heads you know of some of the some of the, uh, Deadites, it, I, I just think it's amazing, it is, it is basically, if you want to learn how to be an indie filmmaker, this is the movie, not only to watch, but to study the history of, the behind the scenes, there's so much that goes into this, the VHS that I got from, uh, let's see, I think it was like 1990, it was from Anchor Bay, it was from like 98 or 99 or something, and it's like the collector's edition, a limited edition VHS, but it has a booklet in it, um, giving you kind of like a little history, which that at that point it just sparked fan interest, and it was in the late 90s that Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 the resurgence was there and all of a sudden you have evil dead video games and people are trying to get evil dead 4 made but then the video games don't do well because it's just given to bad publishers and you know it's there was all of this stuff kind of being juggled around for so long with the licenses to figure out what they were doing um but you had tons of special editions between evil dead evil dead 2 and army of
1: darkness Right, and th- this is kind of one of the most endearing franchises that I think we could probably touch on in the history of the most recent few decades uh, of horror because it's endured. Like we've even had a recent television revival from <laughs> from this series, and it's and it's been fairly well received.
0: I had a lot of fun with. I will say, you know, as being not a fan of of gratuitous CG, there are some moments that irritate me in Ash vs Evil Dead, especially season one. But that being said. It is a fun show. It was nice to see, you know, Sam Raimi, um, Rob Tappert, uh, you know, Ted Raimi and, and Bruce Campbell and everybody getting back together. Ellen Sandwise, you know, they were bringing back, uh, it felt like a, a real sequel to those original films, which was nice. It was very, it was nice to come back to. I, you know, I appreciate what Fede Alvarez did with the remake, I like the, his intent behind it, and I think the violence is awesome, and I like that it's mainly practical effects with a little green screen to hide stuff, like digital hide, you know, you gotta mask stuff out of the way. I I thought that the basic plot line of it and just the Zack Snyder level of color grading (laughs) was not really, it didn't really work for me.
1: And I I think, I want to get back to uh, one thing that you mentioned, because, uh, in the early days of Sam Raimi's filmmaking, which was, you know, can be the pinnacle of such, which was the first Evil Dead. Uh, you mentioned uh, Peter Jackson and them kind of coming up in a, around the same time and around in the same sort of glow up, where each film they kind of keep getting better, and better. And I kind of would like now that you mention him, I kind of put Peter Jackson as a bit of a kindred spirit as far as filmmaking ambition is concerned in their early days. Because no, absolutely, that's uh, without without the,
0: saying, yeah or right, without without this, question I mean
1: yeah yeah this um the evil dead is very ambitious for what it was trying to do and more or less uh does quite a lot with very very little and uh, i think that's probably the the biggest testament to how enduring this movie is is because it's it's so ambitious and it's done it's doing so much it's a frantic movie that's come out and very much something that could easily be swept under the rug, be be it with a mediocre release or not that good critical reception. Or well, something I like mean, that. this
0: this film kind of had a lot of this film had some trouble, you know, when it when it, came it very out. much did it took it took um, it got some, you know, it got positive reviews on it, but it took a while to even get out there and it didn't do well really in the U.S. So like all in all, it grossed around two and a half million dollars but then on the international circuit it picks up almost like another 27 million. So this film this film definitely had so much international appeal to it in the way it was done, showing the craft and and the passion Sam Raimi had as a filmmaker and really how how committed everyone was to this because if you've ever read Bruce Campbell's autobiography of Chin's Could Kill, and I have, and it's great. You should get it. You know what? You know what? Get the Audible audio uh, audiobook because he narrates it, and it is just really good. It's awesome to hear him talk about it. It has all the uh, little added in stuff they did in I think the second edition. Um, you find out how grueling it was, how brutal of a filmmaking experience it, it was to get this done. But it was a it was a labor of love. And and a lot of passion behind it, and like, if if you're an indie filmmaker, if you're trying to make your first horror film, if you think that it's going to be a cakewalk, man, you, do your research on this film, like.
1: I know, and it's it's tough. It I think I've learned more about this film's process or behind the scenes. Uh, journey more than I know about the actual movie, and I've I've heard definitely more about it than that its own canon from there. I've I've always been fascinated by the the come up of this Evil Dead franchise because of the passion behind it, and like getting right into it, like you see it throughout like the entirety of everybody on screen. Um, I didn't know that the first Evil Dead is barely even about Ash. It's hardly about him.
0: That's that's what's funny about it is that it, Ash is Ash is the final girl essentially in this movie. I mean, number one his name is Ashley. It could have been written to be a female archetype. I don't know if that was it. Like it could have been meant to be, you know, a female character playing that, but I also think it's interesting to watch him go from very passive to he has that that breakdown once, you know, he's pouring water in his dead friend's mouth, you know, trying to talk to him, being like, No, everything's gonna be all right. Everything will be okay. And it's like, dude,
1: no, everything is not gonna be okay. Oh, no, I'd more or less call Asha... I'd more or less call Asha a coward throughout most of this film because he, like, he when faced with the idea of, like, defending himself against the Deadite and, like, helping save his friend, like, he just... Like, he shudders. He's like, ugh.
0: No, he's... he He's... Dude, bookcases are very heavy, apparently, in the early <laughs> 80s and late 70s. Bookcases, apparently, were made of, like, sequoia or something or, like, a big old redwood. You know what I mean? Like, right. just... Right. It was
1: a when clearly it was probably made of just, like, you know, pa- paper. It was, like, the way that some bookcases have broken in this is just explosion of wood.
0: Well, I mean, he hits her He hits her with the, uh, the railroad tie at some one point, and it just breaks halfway, and you see him just holding the thing together as he's still swinging it. Next shot, it's together again. I mean, they really pieced a lot of this together out of necessity, and I appreciate the fact that they just keep going with it, And just sell it. Like, you know what? This whole thing is so weird to begin with that I can accept things changing all the time. Like, I can accept, um, you know, the characters uh, like Cheryl looking different constantly. The makeup never stays the same for Cheryl. The continuity on it is completely off. Scott's is strange because later it looks like he's a bear because his nose turns into like a weird bear nose. And I'm like, all right, man, I'll go with it. It's weird and it's strange, but so is this movie. And we don't even know what these deadites essentially are in the first one. Now, we get more of an explanation in the second, which is like a weird remake sequel, mainly due to the fact of budgetary reasons it's hard to then do a seven-minute remake with the entire cast and then have them coming back as deadites all throughout the second film. You need five to ten million for that. And when you're given to, and I like the fact that he was like, "Cool, let's abridge it then. Let's let's tone it down slightly." You know, it, we I appreciate what Ramy did, making, uh, doing the little fun remake in the beginning, and having Linda still in there for it. <clears throat> I actually like what they did with it a lot because it worked. It wasn't overly bloated with a bunch of extra characters, and. Evil Dead 2. I mean, people like it way more than Evil Dead. A lot of people do, you know. Um, It is one of the most, it's a movie that inspired a ton of huge mega star filmmakers right now. You know, like, uh, I know James Cameron was one of them. um, And, and, you know, plenty of others. But that's like the big, big name that I know of right off the bat. Um, And then, you know, you have evil dead which i think was that first inspiration that probably was what peter jackson saw that made him go you know what this is what i'm doing i'm making the film that i want to make because it came and out they're very and much
1: well, you know I mean, so there very yeah, much is yeah. a spark that uh rammy was tapping into in this first one that yeah i, I mean
0: Ramy is Ramy is uh he, look there's he's a very interesting filmmaker because you're taking a guy who has a inherent love for the Three Stooges. Like, he loves that stuff. And he's using his love of comedy in the in the just darkest and most twisted ways possible and succeeding very, right. very well with with taking a lot of physical gags that, you know, that's what the Three Stooges was all about. It was right. about physical and comedy. And from
1: what I from before I even knew who Sam Raimi was, uh, I knew him to be the quote-unquote campy filmmaker. Like, the one that, like, makes it cheesy, that makes it over the top, that makes it uh, almost, like, corny in a weird way, but to an endearing effect that can can, kind of can't be ignored. And with with The Evil Dead, I think it's kind of more... That was the sentiment at the time, where, like, he just wanted to have fun. And... It, it's it's boundless on the screen. Like from the second that we actually get to, uh, the, like the actual first gag proper, uh, he like plays around with lighting. He plays around with, uh, a lot of just goofy things that not even people would find funny. Like I didn't actually laugh until like an actual slapstick moment would have happened because a lot of the jokes and gags on in this movie are are played serious. Yeah, but well, the that's, second that's, that you see something that's, like, not supposed to happen or a continuity error or something, right. then you just can't help yourself.
0: Well, so that's the thing. Like, this was meant to be, this was meant to be, a, a, like, a horror movie for him. You know, this was not, it wasn't meant to be played for laughs as much as something like Evil Dead 2 that is more self-aware in what it's doing, right? <clears throat> this, Evil Dead was, you know, it was the ultimate experience in grueling terror grueling horror. That was, like, one of its uh, its original titles, you know? And the Necronomicon, or Necronomiconics, or no, Book of the Dead, that was one of the titles too, and they were told like no one wants to read uh, a title that says book in it or something, they'll think they have to read the movie, so change the title. I remember uh, Bruce Campbell said something like that in in his autobiography. You know, this movie was meant to to be a little darker than what it was because he knew the horror movies would sell, and it goes into drive-in theaters. Like, that's what was working at the time, and he wanted to make money as a filmmaker so he could do this as a career. That was Sam Raimi's idea between himself, his brother, and then Rob Tappert and Bruce Campbell. Like, that was the four together really making these films, right? Um, and no, and there, was, uh, there were a couple other people actually involved, too. I, I don't remember right off the bat. Um... But there were a few other in, in, a few others in that team that really were putting this together. And you know they did he did his within the woods um, short film. Within the woods is not funny, man. No, like nothing about it is funny. It's uh, basically Ash goes with his girlfriend up into the woods and he ends up getting possessed. By the Deadite, and then killing her, I think, and then just—it's really just dark and grisly.
1: That and like it's—that's
0: then that was that was the thing. He really wanted to go 100% into this, and that's what I appreciate about Sam Raimi. Now, he he then one-upped it by putting in some of the most innovative and creative camera work I've ever seen. Because the thing about it is, it's like, look, if you have a low budget. Then you need to think outside the box, and holy crap, he thought way beyond, or he and his team thought way beyond anything that I could imagine. Like the cam is just like the. Pl- it's a
1: it's a it's a weird it, it's a weird thing because in lesser hands it would look sloppy because the yeah, camera is doing almost too much. It's doing so much that sometimes, like, the eye couldn't even keep up with it. Or it makes you confused as to why we're seeing... It's so
0: smooth, though. It's so... I'm just, like, blown away.
1: The facades of the set, or the makeup, Mm. or whatever sort of failings uh, you may think that you see with uh, the trappings of this movie... The way the camera moves and the way that it's cut and edited around it, the, there's a sheen to it that's, like, it kind of transcends the budget itself. It transcends See, and the that's, look of yeah. the movie. And
0: it's, it's like, that's it, where that's where Evil Dead 2 has that high-gloss look, is what I call it. It has this sheen that's super glossy. This has, like, moments of that, especially when, um, Shelley is the Deadite and, um... Who is it? Uh, Scotty ends up stabbing her with the with the dagger, and you see that shot—the foreground and background—and just like seeing the way that it's shot, it almost looks like there should be. It, I, it's so weird because it almost looks like there's a green screen behind, and it's like there's not. There's not because they shot in the cabin for this. Like none of this is being done in any sort of digital trickery, but it's done in such a strange way with how they shot it. I'm just, I'm completely blown away by this look because it's this high gloss look that a lot of filmmakers try to achieve, but it always looks fake. And in this case, it just looks amazing. Like, you want to screen cap that and put that as your wallpaper, you know what I mean? It,
1: it's crazy because, mm. like, that is, it's it's movies like this that make me just believe in sometimes just raw talent for filmmakers. Raw because... talent
0: and, and, and creativity, you know, when you don't have the money to do something, it's it's that ingenuity can you make something out of nothing and to see the stop motion animation in this oh, it's so good it 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 is I I love it for the book and I love it for like every how everything goes at the end I like the crazy puppetry for the arms shooting out of uh you know um Cheryl and and Scotty at the end just like ripping through their their bodies um it's it's so many different techniques that are being used. The sound as the camera is moving over the the rafters and through the house and like you're seeing that change in Ash happen as he is kind of losing it. I mean you see there's very serious iconic moments like turning, when he turns from closing the door and you just see him and it's in shadow and his, his eyes, he just looks really intense. Like that's a killer scene man. Like killer shots. This movie has so many Amazing individual moments that it comes together as this. I mean, it's it's just it's brilliant. It's like watching because with the flaws that it has, with some of the special effects, I think. But that's that's like when you could almost say this is the greatest student film I've ever seen. And by great, and this is the highest accolade. And I'm not saying this is kind of uh, to cut it in any way whatsoever. But it's it's an indie film. And it's a guy doing this and kind of learning his way through as well um it is like the greatest first feature very indie like grassroots doing this on your own film you i mean it's it's awesome like I don't think it gets better
1: no i i think it's a, it's a very like that would sound cutting but i i mean that as a high compliment because it's uh it's very much something that was based on limitations and doing the absolute utmost to those limitations to make something great uh, and probably pushing almost even a little farther than you should because like again it's it's only a failing of something that you can't make it out of like the a, a mountain can only be made out of so many molehills you know what i mean or if, i can i can only change that phrase but it's it's you know what i mean I, I'm fascinated by the way that Raimi wanted to commit to everything that he was doing because it's, again, you – like, movies like this deserve budgets that are way bigger. But, like, when you have the things where, like, the vines are wrapping around her and it's just that reverse shots of – like, that looks a little off. Here's but, the like,
0: thing. I like, I like the way the shots look. I love the reverse footage. That is some of the creepiest stuff. Anytime you see the reverse shots – it it's jarring because
1: it looks unnatural. It, it looks, looks unnatural like in, the,
0: in the best way possible, and it works especially for this film. It's God the vine scene. So the tree the tree scene in the film, which is, which both I think Rob Tabbert and Sam Raimi have both been like, we don't know what the hell we were thinking when we did this because it's just, <laughs> it's just it is one of the most unsettling scenes, and also the way that that tree branch punches. I know it's reverse footage, but with the way they shoot it, it punches with this intense force where you're like, "Well, she's dead because that thing had to have just killed her." But apparently, no, she's fine, and she runs through the woods, completely looks like she's okay, underwear completely intact, and I'm like, "You know what? No, I'm just let's just pretend that was a dream and never happened because right, and the and these so such awkward a kind of like the, <clears throat>
1: and it's the very awkward moment, which again I play for laughs where like it's chasing her and the camera's going very low and the music's all intense and then the second the door opens and ash just looks at her the music cuts uh he's like huh and then she just runs in and nothing else is happening it's and it's a very jarring sort of like okay and we're here it's a like and again it's very much the it's those limitations that we're talking about Wind also, it still works. It still yeah. But I mean, that's itself. the thing.
0: It's like, it, it, what else are you going to do, really, in these situations? When you watch most horror and you watch most formulaic horror, right? It's the same conversations. It's the same stuff happening. It almost seems like a lot of people have taken the the independent nature and the very. Loose script, I guess, of Evil Dead that concept and taking this as a framework and been like, yep, this is how you write a slasher film or this is how you write this type of film. But then they take those scenes that were just kind of put in here because it was an indie film and then just stretch those out. You know what right. I mean? Like it's just these long because
1: it's all kind you of could tedious. Do. It's all
0: you <laughs> whatever scenes is filler, and it's like, look, man, Evil Dead did it because it it works for the film. It's a very you know, it's a tight eighty-five minutes um and at the same time there are a lot of those it does take a while to ramp up it takes I'd its time i'd say it's
1: a loose 85 minutes i feel like we could like you trim a few things but still like you you take the mileage for the feature length t- runtime as you can again i not I, enough, think, it's I think i think with this like-
0: movie i think with this film because it doesn't delve as deep into the kandarian demons as you're going to get in the sequel I I really kind of, you don't know what you're getting into in this film, and that's wha- why I think, when I say it's a tight 85, you go into this thinking it's going to be a traditional Cabin in the Woods film, because these type of films, some of this type of stuff existed, I mean, you I think you already had Last House on the Left come out earlier in the 70s, and you're thinking it's going to be just this slasher horror, or you're thinking it's going to be... You know, more dead teenagers. This is just how it's going to be Friday the 13th all over again. And you get something... Completely different. You get something that is just insane. Like you're not expecting. This is and and, just, and people do not mention this very often. It is a Lovecraftian film. This is a hundred percent in the realm of Lovecraft. Interest here. It is the Necronomicon, is what they use. That is all Lovecraft, right. man. That is I all. Mean, him. Yes, I, I, I nec- feel it, like it was.
1: <clears throat> well, because so, it was called.
0: I, I, so the movie was called Book of the Dead. Book of the Dead is and it was even said I think in the in one of the um it might have been in uh in in the biography or, or one of the behind the scenes thing it was inspired by Raimi you know reading a lot of Lovecraft and having that interest because it, it seems like that was an influence for a lot of directors that you know Eldritch type horror type you know that Eldritch horror stuff the Lovecraftian universe the old gods all of that in just amazing there's so much to to dig into and kind of create your own lore and be inspired from it. And that's what's amazing about Evil Dead is that it does have, like, the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, no, it really does have that kind of feel with it. It has the crazy portals. It has... um you know, all these creatures, other 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 world that's trying to merge over in ours, and, the, you know, it's very Lovecraftian
1: in that approach. I, 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 I partially agree. I think it's more, it sets up a very loose framework for anything to happen in any subsequent sequels.
0: Dude, I, I could see Herbert West showing up at any moment, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. In-
1: but but I also like the fact that it's it's so vague and like loose enough to be its own thing by the time the second one rolls around, because then we have the, all of this like legacy in history. We delve more into the Necronomicons, uh, thing, and like in, once Army of Darkness hits, it we're off to the races with its own mythology. No, and, 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 and it adds I like and I, that, and
0: it, yeah, it's created its own canon from that. But I also think that if you if you kind of look at it in, um. Well yeah, no, it has. I mean, it's kind of spawned that canon, but to see the original and see kind of the inspiration for what they were going for, because you you see the Deadite, you know, what they turn into, but like uh like Linda looks her makeup's almost like a clown makeup and it's very strange and she has those contacts in that are overly kind of milky and, and yellowy and it's very it's very disturbing and the very strange laugh. And we do get the the um, cooler-looking Deadites in the sequel, right? Because they're, you get a very definitive look of what the Deadites are. But in this first one, we don't have that. It is, you know, these people who are possessed and turning into these demon-like creatures or demons. Um, and this is where that whole Lovecraft thing is very interesting to just see where it's how it all ties together. So... I next time I watch this again, I'm actually going to think of it in that approach and see if there is a connection.
1: It is an interesting take, but um, I think to kind of sum up, I I would we, we barely talked about any of the uh, like the acting done, but uh, I wanted to kind of briefly touch on. Yeah, I wanted to briefly touch on uh, not only just uh, uh, Bruce Campbell's performance, but like everybody else is doing kind of a bang up job because they have equal amounts of screen time and. It's a very it's a very interesting sort of cast to just throw things at, literally. Um, yeah. Because I think everybody's doing a great job, but nobody really seems to know who the lead is.
0: That, that, I think, is what makes this movie work so well, is because you don't really know that Ash is going to be this iconic hero that's going to be the lead for the rest of the franchise. You don't know this going into it. You think, oh, God, this guy. And that's huge, man. I mean, it, it's... It changes things up. Um, Seeing you think it's going to be someone like maybe Scotty or maybe maybe it's going to be Cheryl, you know? Uh, And that, no, that does not happen. That's like the opposite of what happens. Um, And yeah, Ash is kind of thrown into this very fish out of water type situation. I mean, he has no idea what to even, I mean, he's he's uh
1: it very much tets- tests his metal. Uh, he really for is the re- he, and- I mean,
0: he is honestly the reluctant hero because there's no way he wants he hides behind an axe and tries to use it as a shield. Oh, or we can't cut up Shelly. She's our or no, I'm sorry. We can't bury Shelly. She's our friend after Scotty has hacked her into pieces. And then Sc- I mean Scotty's killed his girlfriend and is like all right, dude, you deal with your girlfriend. I'm not going to bail you out of all your problems. You need to man up. And then Scotty, like an like an idiot, decides he's going to go into the woods. And no joke, two minutes later, man, that guy, he has a broken wrist, a bone popped out. I mean, he looks like, hell, he's bleeding out everywhere. A tree branch is stabbed through his gut. Yeah, he looks, I mean, I, and then, oof, he's it's awful. It's like, damn, dude, the woods were not happy with you. Like, right away. Absolutely not.
1: I, I I really give credit to uh like the types of character acting that has gone on here because of how uh I mean it's B
0: it's it's B movie acting, but it's it, but it's good B movie acting.
1: Oh no, no absolutely, absolutely.
0: It, yeah, it's not cringe worthy to the point where you get in, in some of the later, let's say like Friday the thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street type cringe worthy acting. This or oh, like sleepaway camp. No, oh wait, Return to Sleepaway Camp. Just the acting in that. Let's just say that film for acting. That's bad acting. This this is tolerable when it comes to horror movie acting. A lot of people would be like, no, it's terrible. Okay, but in the realm of horror films, and the realm of indie horror films, this is pretty solid.
1: I know. I would say so, and uh, yeah. a solid recommend on my part as well, uh, dude. Yeah, of I, course. I'm assuming recommend. it's a, it's i it's, it's a, it's a universal. Yeah. Recommend. Now, like if, we we, have, if we haven't recommended this enough, then I don't know what you're what you're listening to.
0: Yeah. Now we didn't delve too much into. I mean, yeah, we said some spoilers. Most people should have seen this film, and that's that's kind of where. I didn't really want to talk about the film as much, like really delving into the plot of everything, because it's Evil Dead, man. You need to just see it. That's that's it. Oh, for it. sure,
1: absolutely. It's more like again. The, to me, I feel like Evil Dead and most of this franchise is a movie about the legacy of independent filmmaking, more than anything else. I feel like it's more important than it is good, if that makes any sense. Like um, I, it's and I mean, it's, it's, it's still it's good. Very, it's very, it's
0: very, very good. It's definitely in most horror top tens. Yeah, it's yeah, it's in most horror top tens. I mean, it's it's amazing.
1: But like you know how it is, where like it is a legacy that. Uh, that is the springboard for independent filmmakers for a generation. It's a, it's something that springboarded almost every prominent uh, auteur filmmaker that we know of now as a direct inspiration. And it's, it's just snowballed from there. I I, obviously it's a recommend, but I think more so like watch the movie and then immediately, like if you're at all interested in the process of how this was made Learn about that, because that's almost more fascinating than the movie itself.
0: And there's a lot of books. There's, like, I think The Evil Dead Companion, and there's... Um, I, I, right offhand, I can't remember all of them, but there there's a ridiculous amount of, of the history of The Evil Dead, like, making The Evil Dead the ultimate experience in grueling horror. I love that title. I think it's amazing, because it's in the closing credits. It's awesome, and I think it's it just, is. like... That's the thing about this film. It is an experience. You can talk about it all you want to to somebody. But you need to experience it. You it, need it's to something... just see it. And then right after that, you need to watch Evil Dead 2. And then just that it's like your mind is just blown.
1: Mm-hmm. and then steamroll right into army of darkness because then we're in full camp we're in full cartoon mode and we're off to the races i'm having i mean it's, it's
0: fine i, th- I think uh, army of darkness is fine i know that i'm i know people love army of darkness and they talk about how great it is i think it's fine i, I just think universal kind of kneecapped them a little bit and uh yeah not not well, super maybe thrilled. a discussion
1: for another day
0: that is for definitely a discussion one day. definitely a discussion for another day um, but, yeah, that's, I guess, going to do it for us for The Evil Dead. Um, so, yeah, what uh, what are we going to be doing for next week? Uh, well, that's a very good question,
1: Rob. What are we going to be doing for next week?
0: So, you know, we, are, we have been kind of going with uh, some classic horror from the 80s, and originally we were going to delve into some franchises. It takes a long time to watch a lot of movies, and there are some that... I kind of want to get into sooner than later, and I think the next one that we really want to get into is 1984's *A Nightmare on Elm Street*.
1: Oh boy, we're gonna start it off with a with a big one, aren't we?
0: Well, I think you know, I think it's a good, it's an important film. It's a very important slasher. It is one of the first supernatural slashers. I think it actually might be. Um, and yeah, I mean, this it's it's Wes Craven's. I think most iconic film other than people would say Scream now but you know it's it's Nightmare on Elm Street
1: guys. It's debatable. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah.
0: it's on. Nightmare on Elm Street. Um that really launched his career even more than like Last House on the Left or Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Um so we're going to be talking about that and that's the same thing plot is is going to be less so it's more of kind of the legacy behind it how Wes Craven was able to make something like this how New Line how New Line, man, I mean, really took a gamble on this, and it's it's a brief overview. <laughs> there is a documentary, "The Nightmare Never Ends." Uh, please watch that ahead of time. Also, check out the movie if you haven't seen it. But seriously, it's a Nightmare on Elm Street. That's like required watching,
1: you know. Absolutely. So that is gonna do it for us this week. I know oh the horror. Rob, why don't you briefly tell everybody where we can be found on the Internet, and then we'll let everybody else get out of here. Enjoy well, your Tuesday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: you can find us on OtheHorrorCast.com. That's our main website. And then, you know, we're on Facebook. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are on Instagram and all those other things. Uh, all the links are actually on our website. So that's actually the best place to go, and you can find our podcast anywhere that you download podcasts. We are o the Horror at OtheHorrorCast
1: thank you so much for listening to us and we appreciate the support and continued growth that you've been giving to the show it's a blast it's great that we can connect with all of you guys and hear from you Uh, we really appreciate it so until next time I'm Steve Allman and I'm Rob Holmes and we'll see you next time look at me Damien it's all for you
0: Ah, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicca man. Horror.
1: When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here.